Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. This masterclass has been a snap decision to work with the current lockdown situation in Perth. If you are not in Perth, lucky you. I'm sure you will find something to take away from this if you are tuning in. So, a quick rundown of how this came about. As I said, I'm a practicing therapist and I run live topics each Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock Australian Western Standard Time and have done so for the past 15 months via a Facebook group. I see lots of common threads in my work, which is understandable given that therapy really is about patterning, helping people find the patterns that aren't working and looking at what does work. So this came about obviously because of the situation in Perth and the common thread that permeates this situation. Now, some people may be thinking, what the hell is with these people? It's only three days. Yes, it is. And I am not about to throw another piece of wood on the guilt fire. In fact, the fire of guilt or gratefulness, depending on how you look at it, is burning brightly every time we see the devastation in different parts of the world. So why the masterclass? Because regardless of when, how or what, the reality is that humans very much like predictability in certain aspects of our life. It creates the illusion of stability and stability increases our sense of safety. You will notice that I said illusion and sense of. In essence, there is no solid ground other than the small space we occupy ourselves. This is why thinking about the future can make us feel anxious. We can't figure out how we will stand in the new space. It's not stable because it just doesn't exist yet. So these types of snap lockdown, um, they, they destabilise the predictability, stability and safety of the day-to-day lives that we are accustomed to. This is neither wrong nor right. It simply is what is happening right now. And this is what today's masterclass is focused on. What is happening right now is out of our control. We know this on a conscious level. Hell, we probably even know this on a subconscious level. So why do we continue to see the same behaviours come up? The same behaviours that make us scratch our heads and ask, what the fuck? Well, Our predictability, stability and safety are all being challenged at once. And when that happens, we simply lose control of the rational parts of our thinking brain, of the feelings that all go off at once like a bomb, which will be different depending on your circumstances. So think about when an accident occurs, the same thing happens. Everything goes off at once. When somebody else tells us what we have to do, Um, and when we don't want to do it, then it does the same thing. And it also adds a layer that I'm going to chat about in a minute. So, now what? Well, we can't change it. No, you cannot. But what can you do? In my therapy model, I use a framework to help people begin a process. 
four steps in the framework. Clarity, control, competence, confidence. That's it. That's where I start with almost every single client. I go through these steps in, I've got a, what I call, bust your blind spots bootcamp, which is a five day process of looking at each component. Today, I'm going to look at the second one with you, control. And more specifically, the circle of control, which is a tool I use uh, with a lot of my clients. Now, I believe I am delivering this in the main Facebook group today. And when I say I believe, that's because I am totally terrible at tech. And I have an awesome team that have set this up for me. I do, however, know that I am going to be referring to a handout called Of the Circle of Control, which is only available in the community. So if you are a member of the community, you'll have access to this in the guides section. If you are not, then feel free to join the group where you can gain access to it. The group is full, it's full of great resources, um, it's full, <laughs> no, the group is not full, the group is free and full of great resources for you to check out. And you can catch up on any previous topics that I've done over the last 15 months. You can do this by watching the replays of the old lives or simply subscribing to the podcast. The links are to the podcast are probably already available in the info, um, but if not, I'm sure they will be posted somewhere for you to check it out because my team is really awesome at that. So, control. Such a powerful and intimidating word and one of the keys to how we live with and empower ourselves during times of worry, stress and distress. So the world around us is made up of only two things, the things we can control and the things we can't. Everything falls into these two categories, from the people and the objects in our environment to the problems we face every day. So the explanation I will be using here uses two circles, the circle of control and the circle of no control. The circle of no control covers everything in our life that affects us. The circle of control covers what we can control in that. It would seem pretty clear that most of our time and energy should be spent on things within our circle of control. And the circle of no control should be ignored. We should aim for it to have absolutely no power over us at all. Easier said than done, of course. However, it's a solid principle to take into areas of your life because what better way to be productive than to cut out the time spent on things that you have minimal control over? You can find the first step to solving almost any problem by asking, what can I control? Now, there is actually a really simple answer to this question. Most people just don't like it. If you have the handout in front of you, then grab it. If you don't, draw three circles, a small one in the centre of the page, then draw a middle-sized one and then a much larger one around it, just like Goldilocks's three beds, small, medium and large. At the bottom of the page, underneath the large circle, draw three lines underneath each other. Now, the small circle is called the circle of control. You can label it if you like. That's what I do. If I had you in my sessions, that's what I would do right now. The third and largest circle is called the circle of no control. 
Now, write the word me in the small circle. On the three lines underneath the circle, write my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. And now what I want you to do is, just kidding, that's it. That's everything in your control. What you think, how you feel about it, and the way you respond to it, what you do about it. Now, don't go throwing in the towel and switching me off just yet. Although I have just heard that our um, Premier has just announced a, um, what is he doing? He's doing a live of his own, really. He's doing a press conference at 12.30. So we all know that Marky Mark is always late. So I'm going to squeeze this into about 45 minutes because I reckon I'll get in just in time. But if we, you have to go, it's recorded, so don't stress. It will be only available in the community, though. All right, so back to this. Don't throw the towel in and turn me off. A major component of this masterclass is to introduce the concept of control to you. By knowing what you can and cannot control, you empower yourself to take charge of those things and confidently move forward to make the necessary changes for movement and potentially growth. So, is there any good news in here? Of course there is. We are going to add a new dimension into this shit show, and that's the second circle. We can label the second circle our circle. The circle of no control covers everything in our life that affects us. The circle of control covers what we can control. And the circle of influence includes everything within our life that we can have an impact on or affect. So a typical person's life is represented by these circles and would look something like what you can see either in your handout or on the page that you've got in front of you if you've drawn it. We can influence a lot of different aspects of our lives, but not everything. We don't have control over the weather. I have often tried to control this by praying and wishing it wouldn't rain when I have a party, but alas, we have no control. We don't have control over whether or not our boss comes to work angry because he's had a fight with his partner. We don't have control over this virus. It's important to understand the difference between what we control and what we influence and where we have none. So what's the difference? To control means that we have complete authority over something. For example, I can control whether or not I eat a donut, but I cannot control whether or not my friend Amy eats a donut. I might be able to convince her not to eat it, or she might be totally inspired when she sees me resisting it, but I cannot control her. If I'm trying to control her, I'm either stuffing it into her face or I'm pulling it out of her mouth. Not great, right? We all know the issue of consent. So that's the difference. There is no ambiguity in control. If we can control, we can get exactly what we want. If we cannot control, we don't. Now let's talk about the logistics of this. Both the circle of control and the circle of no control are fixed. That means that we cannot make them larger or smaller. It doesn't matter how big or small you are as an individual, the world we are in is always bigger. Nothing proves or highlights this more 
than the impact COVID has had on the world and the impact it makes on each and every one of us to feel small and sometimes insignificant. The circle of influence, on the other hand, is an open variable. By taking what we can control, our thoughts, our feelings and our actions, and directing the, uh, them towards what we want, we get to control how we direct our attention, how we feel about it, and then what we do about that. And we get to um, help us, that helps us basically with both the illusion of having some control and providing a sense of control. Get it? In a way, influence is more about your ability to adapt than anything else. Because sometimes it's not about forcing the influence to do what you want. It's about being able to juggle or jump out of the way of something that is hurtling at you and you know you can't change it. So it's more about adaptability. We may not get everything we want in the circle of influence, but we have a greater chance of getting something. The trick, figuring out what you can and cannot control. The issue of control is ever-present in my practice. As a therapist, clients wish they could control others. They detest feeling out of control or they fear being controlled by others. And to be honest, there are times when my own illusion of control directs fantasies of wielding far more influence in my clients' lives than is surely possible. If only I had or could wave the magic wand that spoken of or not, many clients seem to long for. If you have worked with me privately, you will have heard me on a number of times say that if I could, I would kill somebody for that want if it existed. There are often two constant themes among my clients. One, going beyond a simple wish for more control. For example, I wish they were more like this. I wish we could just go back to the way it was. I wish they were still in my life. And the second one, it extends into the realm of a driving need for control. Why don't they just do it? Why don't they do it like this? Why didn't they do this? Why don't they listen to me? Both of these play out during these types of lockdown situations. I wish we could just go back to before. Why don't they? Well, you can fill in the blank on that. The first usually comes with a reluctant sigh of acceptance that our spheres of influence are not just limited, but they're actually quite small. The second one often comes dished up with a big fat serving of denial and a bad case of the tail wagging the dog because the need for control can often end up controlling the individual. It's like they're chasing their own tail. We all know people who hold on tightly to a need for control. Things need to be just so. They panic when circumstances change. Letting go just doesn't seem to be in their vocabulary. A hallmark of mental health is the ability to be flexible in behaviours and responses and in relationship to feelings and thoughts. When you need to have control, you forego flexibility and place a lower than necessary ceiling on your capacity for engaging in and enjoying life as it is right now.
Ironically, there can be far more control in a flexible position than in one marked by efforts to keep everything within a narrowly defined comfort zone. It's like trying to hold on to a water balloon. The more tightly you grasp it, the more likely it is to burst. If instead you sort of gently and flexibly cut the balloon in your open palm, you're much more able to control its movement without bursting it and getting all wet. You do not need to be a therapist to take an honest look at the actual degree of control you have in different areas of your life. You just need to be a realist. So once you've determined, hey, I really don't have control over this at all, you can begin practicing flexibility and conserve your energy for those matters that you really can influence. Direct it where you can make a change it's like you might as well stand in front of a brick wall and smash your head on it. When you cannot change things, that is what it feels like. And it really is the definition of the, the dog and, and the tail, chasing its tail. All right? Now, an activity for you to try is to actually physically write out all your worries and concerns, either into the circle of no control directly or on the handout itself, or you can make a list. It makes no difference. What counts is that it is written. So the premise of this exercise, as we have just heard, is that in any difficult situation, there are going to be factors that we can control and factors we cannot. There is also all the stuff in between where we can kind of push it into a particular direction, but we don't have the final say over how it turns out. Other people's behaviour often fits into this category. Just a tip for you. Anxiety often comes up when we focus disproportionately on the factors we cannot control while neglecting to think about the things that we can actually change, especially during times like these, some of which are just basic self-care things like sleep or food, moving, eating, uh, that kind of stuff. When we do that, it tends to become a feedback loop and anxiety tends to perpetuate itself, keeping us focused on the big scary things we have little or no control over, making it even harder to focus on the simple things that we can. So back to the exercise. The handout itself has some instructions and some reflection questions to help you along. But here are a couple of tips. To begin with, ask yourself, what are my biggest worries or concerns? Make a list of everything. You can keep it to just this situation or you can go for gold and write everything down. Just do this list to begin with, all right? Now, from here, we want to divvy up what's in your list into the circles. Remember, if you cannot say with 100% certainty that you are getting exactly what you want, then it goes into the circle of no control. This completely includes other people's thoughts, feelings, and actions. We cannot make anyone do anything. And if you do, then you are most likely going to end up in trouble somewhere. Go back to my little story about Amy and the donut. I'm either stuffing it into her throat or I'm pulling it out of her mouth. Neither is ideal. Now, at this point, you may think there is very little in your control, but remember, the whole point of writing this list is that you're actually writing the list from the space of anxiety. This is the importance of writing the list. 
It will help you move from your emotional brain, which is our storyteller, to reasonable brain, which is our more logic-based. It will help you begin to look at your worries with different eyes. It's not going to change them. I don't do miracles. No, if you can find somebody who does miracles, knock yourself out. Go and pay them. But a lot of the time, that's just bullshit anyway. We can't work miracles. We can only help you look at something differently. So if you get what you want, then put it into your circle of control. Absolutely. Next, I want you to look at what's in your, what's not in your control and ask yourself if you can influence it in any way. This needs to be done after the full list is written because it's the ability to be able to take from our brain and put it onto paper that allows us to go from the emotional space to the logic space. What happens when we do that is we begin to evidence-based things. Even though we know that in our head it appears to make sense, often when you put it on paper, it starts to go, that does not make sense, and you question it. Good, I want you to question it. Part of what we have to do is question what's in your head because I'm not here to tell you that it's not true. I don't know. I don't know what your circumstances are. Your circumstances are going to determine what's true for you and your degree of anxiety around it. Like I said back at the beginning, it's neither right nor wrong. It just means that we need to have a look at what is going on and then assess, well, what do I have to move and where should I focus my energy on making a difference to me and the people around me if need be? So when you do start to look at what's, um, what's not in your control and ask yourself if you can influence, what does it look like? Well, influence means a win-win. So in the case of situations like this, it's important to find a win for you. That can be as simple as I'll use this to blank, fill in the blanks. This, I'll use this time to fill in the blanks. This may answer one of the questions that consistently comes up around this time. Why is Bunnings so full? Well, whether they realise it or not, people are actually directing their time. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It can help you feel more in control. Just be mindful of how you go about it. Follow the rules and a really simple um Statement to work with yourself, don't be an asshole. Really simple. Follow the rules and don't be an asshole. Because directing time is how we do something to feel in control. All right? The influence circle can help you really look at your circle of control and what you will need for yourself in influencing what you want or knowing what you need. It helps you fo your focus become less wired and fearful and become more directed and confident. At this point though, I want you to ask yourself, with all the things that you cannot control, how do I feel about it? The answer to this is the most important and it actually relates to way back in the beginning when I started this and I, I said to you, there is an extra layer added. That extra, extra layer is feelings. The answer that you come up with is important because this is one of the few things that you can control, but we often don't. It's important to recognize the feeling and manage it. How? 
Well, that depends on the feeling. I'm going to give you a couple of tips, but there are a multitude of them. If you are able to know and label your feeling, God, Google can help you out with that, or feel free to text us or uh, message us because we can help you with those things. If you are angry, then some form of exercise can help. One of the underestimated tools is writing. Now, I'm not saying write a soppy journal. I am right saying take your writing and take all your anger out in your writing. Write it all down. Everything you have inside that makes you feel angry, put it on paper. Do not send it. It is for no one other than you to see and to get from your emotional brain out onto paper. If you are sad, allow yourself the space to cry. It's okay when things don't go your way to feel like you want to burst into tears. If you feel uncomfortable about crying, seriously, watch a sad movie. It can allow you to get the emotion and out and it gives you an excuse to cry if you need one. You can just blame it on the movie. If you are scared, well, the circle of control exercise is actually going to help you do that. It is designed to help you manage a fear that is unmanageable in reality. This is why it is a fear. One last key point is it's okay to worry about the things in your outer ring, in the big circle. You don't have to try to ignore them, especially since that won't work anyway. We need, writing helps you get them all out. We want, I want you to acknowledge them, know that they are there, and then gently move yourself towards the middle of the circle. So rather than start to look at what is not happening, you have a space to go, yeah, but what can I do? So we're changing your view and your language. As soon as you can do that, you can change things. The biggest component in therapy that works cognitively with our thought is thought, feeling, action. You help shift a thought, the feeling and the action will follow. You stay stuck on the thought, the feeling and the action will follow. Now, hold tight. The ride might not be over yet. And I will still be available on Wednesday night for my regular this week. So I'm going to do another one. So feel free to join me. Now, normally Facebook doesn't play the game with me when it comes to questions, but I can see that there are people on and saying hi. So I'm going to take a few minutes because we've still got three minutes before Marky Mark calls this boy his um, little thing. So I see that my awesome team have already posted the handout in the community. So you have access to that now. Mel, don't be an asshole. <laughs> My mantra, I know. Do you know what? It's such a, it can be crude for some people, but in my world, I try to keep things simple, okay? And I really make it, try and make it simple. Don't be an asshole. It's one of the things that you can say, you know, am I going to be an asshole doing this? And it's, often we'll answer ourselves, quite honestly, and we'll go, yep, you make the choice whether you do it or not. That's okay. Be an asshole. There's collateral damage. So any questions, you can hit me up now because Facebook is playing the game and the questions are coming through nice or the, um, the comments are coming through nice and fast. Normally they literally disappear on me. However, if you have any questions now, pop them in. If not, because what you're going to do is you're going to go, I'm hoping that you're going to take the opportunity, go through the circle of control. It's got pretty clear instructions on it because I'm not expecting you to remember anything of what I've said. 
However, you're always free to go back and watch it. And I also know that the guys, uh, the team are actually going to pop this into the podcast as well. So if you want to listen, sometimes re-listening helps. One of the, there's two things that will change you, your thinking from emotional brain to reasonable brain. One of them is an external voice, which is why therapy can work at times. Because for you to listen to me, your storyteller has to stop churning. The other thing is writing, which is why I ask people to do it. It gets you to um, write it down and it helps you go from one side of your brain to the other. I want you to take the opportunity to do the exercise. It's got really good instructions on it. Um, any questions that come up, feel free to DM us or put some stuff in the comments because we all go through the um, the comments. I go through them. My team will go through them. We're all qualified to answer. So if anyone, so what have we got here? Love the circle of control. I know you do, Noah. I'm so glad. And you know what? You have to use it more than once because shit happens. That's what happens in life. So Sandra, here you go. How do you approach the circle of control with business management? Who do you have, who do have more control but make choices not to implement? So that's a tough one, Sandra. And do you know what? There's actually a business model around this as well. I could probably send you that because the same circle, at the end of the day in business, you don't have the control. You have very little control over that. It's about finding a win-win or go back to, I think there was one of our lives that I talked about change. With change, either there's three options. You either make a change yourself, you either formulate and work with someone to negotiate changes, so changes have to make, or you, you leave, you leave the situation. At the end of the day, that's where it will head. But we look at, I know part of your situation here, so it's about how long can you sit in the period of incompetence to allow changes to be made, right? That's part of... That's, that's, the, that's putting you into a circle of control and applying it externally. How long will I sit in this space before it becomes a problem for me? Because then you have the choice at the end of the day to do what is right for you. All right? I hope that answers that question for you. But um, and what have we got? Noah, is it, is it better to let go of things that are out of that are out of my control when they are triggering anxiety and is writing the best way to do it. Absolutely. Letting go. Do you know what? There's a lot of compassion in letting go and there's a lot of forgiveness in letting go. I think I've done a, um, a live on this and it will be the difference between giving up and, and surrendering because to surrender is to go, I cannot do this for me anymore. To give up goes, fuck this shit, I'm not doing it anymore. And you do, and then you don't like that anyway. But to give, to, to, to surrender is um, you need a lot of compassion and forgiveness for that. And it's, that's why it's so tough. It's a vulnerable space. It's about being able to look at, in fact, do you know what you might have there, Noah? You might have to look at a self-limiting belief of failure. Because often when we can't let go, it's because we've attached um, a failure component to it. And letting go is not failing. 
In fact, letting go is sometimes the key to success because it allows us to move forward. Have a look at that. I reckon that might be something that you could look at. Monica really enjoyed the angry tips, especially the don't send. Oh, please do not send it. Do you know I say to my my clients because I do do a um a not a live, but when I'm working with someone, working with anger because that's what I do. I love working with anger. I don't have a problem with anger. I don't have a problem with people being angry. What I have a problem with is that we as a society do not teach people how to deal with their anger. It has become a taboo subject. And when you have a taboo subject, there's always a shitty feeling of shame attached to it. And this is why we have a problem with anger. So what I often say to people is do your angry letter or your angry list. And then if you feel the need to send it, because some people do, send it to me. I'm just going to store it in my secure server in SunCloud. Have no problems with it. Send it along. So great. Monica, feel free to send it to me if you need. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you go so that I stay within the uh, period because, you know, we all want to jump on and see what's going on. Although someone's just told me that um, there's no new cases. Woohoo! So um, feel free to join me on Wednesday. I don't even know what I'm talking about because I haven't got that far yet because, you know, everything's out of whack. So who knows what it'll be. But thank you for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed it and I will see you next time. Feel free to DM if you need. See you guys.